Welcome to And The Nominee Is, an Oklahoma podcast with a twist. Hi, I'm Julie Clemens, and I'm your host. So here's how it works. Each guest has been nominated by a previous guest. All of the guests have a connection to Oklahoma, whether they've just visited here, they work here, or they live here. This keeps the podcast fresh, fun, and right here in Oklahoma. Now you know. So let's get started. My guest today on And the Nominee Is is Jennifer Lauren. And Jennifer, it is such a pleasure to have you on the program today. Wado, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes, thank you. And Wado, back to you. Um, So we're going to start. You are the Senior Director of the Cherokee Films Office and Original Content. You uh, were the anchor or one of the anchors for KOTV Channel 6 for years. I remember seeing you there. And you graduated. It all started, right? Graduated from OU with your journalism and broadcasting degree. Is that right? It is right that I I graduated from there, but I would say it all started in high school at Booker T. Washington here in Tulsa. That's what I was going to ask you. I had a feeling you went to Booker T. So, so let's let's start there. Then, what even maybe even before then, what got you into journalism? What made you go, hey, this is what I want to do? Well, yeah, it. In uh, when I was uh, in elementary school, my dad got. Well, I'll age myself here, but my dad got <laughs> one of those um, VHS tape camcorders where you pop the tape in the side, and it had a little monitor that you pop out, and you could edit right there on the monitor. And so I started doing my own newscast, TV commercials, magic shows, uh, <laughs> little short films with my my cousins and siblings and neighbors, and I was hooked. And then when I got to Booker T, they had a television production class and the studio. Um, And so I took every semester of that elective as I could, maybe even more, one more than I was allowed. (laughs) And uh, my teacher at the time was a a former television news anchor from Nashville. And she really... um, pushed us all to get into journey, you know, when we were choosing what type of video production or film production we wanted to do, she, you know, encouraged us all to do the journalism route. And so I went to journalism school at OU and the rest is history. Oh, wow. It sure is. So um, I went back and I looked at that last night on KOTV and um, the, you know, all the little films and stuff they were showing you your first time on there. I think you were with Shara. And um, so you were talking about your last night. And I just, um, I wondered if it was a, well, I know it was probably a bittersweet moment, but then it's such a huge leap. You went to school, you went to OU for journalism, and then you decided this is the direction I want to go. I want to work for the Cherokee Nation. So what, what helped that decision move in that direction? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it, it wasn't a difficult decision um, at all for me um, because at the time, uh, you know, I had two small children and I was working a split shift because uh, I was doing my investigative reporting for um, this statewide team um, during the day. Then I'd go home in the afternoons, take care of my kids and then come back at night to do the 9 p.m broadcast anchor that and so you know and then you know the the local television news in news industry has um changed somewhat and it was just becoming a bit more difficult than i liked um 
So I was looking for a change and Cherokee Nation, uh, you know, came to me. They knew I was Cherokee and um, said, you know, we want to start a TV show that is uh, similar to maybe our like CBS Sunday mornings, um, but Cherokee. Um, and we'd like for you to host it and produce it. And um, it took me about 30 seconds to know that that's what I wanted to do. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, wrapping up my time at Channel 6 was bittersweet. The people that I worked with in that industry are just so genuine, true, lovable people. And I miss them to this day. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to tell you, I watched you. I kind of, I went back as I was preparing for this. And I was looking at the newscast from when you very first started. And then I looked at a current day um, episode of like OCO. And I wanted to talk to you about the transformation that you have made. Um, I noticed, you know, working for Channel 6, the hair was a little blonder. It was a little shorter. A lot blonder. Yeah, the, uh, the dress was different. And I realized you had to dress for the occasion, right? It was, it was different. But as the transformation, your physical transformation, the, your hair is, you know, darker, obviously going natural. You're wearing more Native American jewelry, that sort of thing. So um, have you found that with your... Uh, external transformation, there's been an internal transformation as well, getting closer to your roots and uh, not saying you were, you're fake in any way in that, in, in the television side, but really finding your true self working for the Cherokee Nation. I mean, to a certain degree, yes. I mean, when I worked at Channel Six, you know, I mean, I, I've I've been Cherokee since the day I was born. Right. Um, but it's certainly, you know, in the role that I'm currently in, I am really owning that and and being a representative, public facing for the Cherokee Nation. It is part of my job to indigenize every room that I walk in, to educate the public on television or in any room, boardroom, meeting room, Zoom, podcast, to really, you know, talk about what being indigenous and Cherokee is and. For um, a lot of people, they they have a very set um, idea of what that means. And for people who are non-native, 90% of the time, it's it's really not the experience that people who are native live. So I'm obviously white passing, I'm and I am not a full-blood Cherokee. Right. I am mixed race. Um, but it is, you know, a huge point of pride and a big part of who I am. I'm part of this community and the community um, accepts me. And so part of my job, I see it, is to be a Cherokee representative everywhere I go. Um, and, you know, wearing, uh, this is not native jewelry, by the way, but usually <laughs> I, I, if I wear native jewelry, you know, it's a conversation starter. And I can, and it helps me to, you know, teach people and help to, to um bring that indigenous perspective to a room where there maybe wasn't an indigenous perspective before. Mm, I love that. Um, and speaking of that, I'm, I'm part Cherokee myself and um, my grandma was full blood Cherokee. And um, so it kind of got passed down. I took my mom's side, the Irish Scottish side, but um, when did you realize for, for me, for example, um, I always knew I was Cherokee, part Cherokee because of my dad and stuff, but it didn't really hit me. I didn't discover the story of the Trail of Tears until I was older, sadly, older, and really learned about, um, you know, everything the Cherokees went through and the stories, things I'm discovering as an, an, as an adult, really. So has the Cherokee um, 
the, the story itself for you? Is this something you've always known you were taught younger and you're nodding your head? Yes. So, um, or is it something you've really grasped as you've gotten older? No, I absolutely have, you know, since I can remember have um, been taught by my elders in my family, the matriarch of my family, um, about the Trail of Tears and um, Cherokee words and Cherokee culture. Um, And while she lived in community, I lived in the city, so I didn't Mm -hmm. live in the community, but I always had that very close connection. And so, um, but certainly as I have started working for my tribe and working in community, it is absolutely, I have learned a great deal. I learn something new every day. I don't think anyone here, even people who've been here their entire lives, don't go a day where you probably don't learn something um, that you hadn't that you didn't know before. And so um, it, that's one thing that makes, you know, our jobs working for our tribe, you know, we get to learn things that are important to us and our own identities and mm-hmm. we get to work in those realms and it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of learning new things, OCO, the show, you know, the, um, the voices of the Cherokee people, I learn things from that show all the time. And it is uh, Jennifer, it's such a wonderful show, and I'm so proud that you are doing it, for one, because you are just, um, you know, even like I said, when you were on KOTV, you were such a bright spot, even though you were reporting maybe a bad story, you were such a bright spot, and um, you just made it enjoyable, yeah. and you do the same thing with all the Cherokee stories. I, I love the words at the end when, you know, you learn something, and I'm still struggling. Oh, my gosh, I can't learn this language. <laughs> So I'm still struggling, but yes, I'm trying. You can. you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I'm trying, but I did watch um, the show about the removal. Uh, by remember the removal bike ride. I watched that, and and that was an Emmy award winning show. Correct. It was. That was our first Emmy award. Oh, it was it was great. And when they were talking about, um, well, when the writers went to Mantle Rock and they were tearing up, I was watching the television. I was just bawling along with them. I still get goosebumps when you talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, tell me about, about that, that whole docuseries and filming that and, and, um, and being with the the writers and being, you know, Mm -hmm. part Cherokee yourself, what that meant. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be, um, a moving experience when we decided, um, to take it on. Um, and then, it's the only show, by the way, of OCO TV where we dedicated the entire 30 minutes to one topic, and that was the, the Remember the Removal bike ride. And so essentially, you know, we, we met with all of the young Cherokee riders who were selected to be part of that in advance. We got to know them a little bit. But then, man, when we, we embedded with them, um, when they left Tahlequah and drove out to uh, Cherokee, North Carolina, and so we were road tripping with them, and then we stayed with them for... Uh, about 11 days straight as they uh, started their journey and went um, 11 days in, went through most of the historical sites in the old Cherokee Nation. And when they do that, they, you know, the the writers are all given their genealogy, which many of them already know their genealogy. But that what's really cool about the right is that they connect their genealogy to any um, places along the Trail of Tears in the old Cherokee Nation, they're going to be riding by historical wow. sites or maybe someone's home that is a distant, you know, relative or they're connected in some way. And so it really becomes this super immersive 
emotional experience. And it also because I didn't ride a bike. <laughs> I was in a car. Thank goodness. But they're exhausted at the end of every day. And so while it is nowhere near um, the level of exhaustion that, you know, our ancestors um, were going through in that horrible period of, of time, it, it does add sort of this additional layer of learning um, and empathy, perhaps, that you don't get driving in a car. So being able to capture that to get to know these kids and they felt comfortable. I shouldn't call them kids, these people. And they felt comfortable with us because we were just, we were Cherokee and we were experiencing it with them as well. Yeah. They just felt really comfortable in, you know, sharing that what they're experiencing and their emotions about it. And that was, you know, that's still to this day, my favorite shoot I've ever been on. So we left them after 11 days and then we joined them again um, as they were making the last leg of their trip for several days. Is that something that happens yearly or was that a one-time thing? It, no, that happens every year. It's a leadership program. Um, and there's, um, it's a very popular people apply, uh, to be selected, to be a remember the removal bike rider. Um, and then, you know, that sticks with them for their entire lives. And a lot of the people that were, you know, selected to be bike riders on that ride, go on to continue working in the tribal atmosphere in some way, shape or form, because it just makes a big impact on their lives. And they know they want to continue working to help us um, as a tribe um, continue to prosper in the wake of such devastation. Mm -hmm. So helping as a tribe and continuing to prosper. Let's go to now. Tell me about the uh, Cherokee Film Offices. How exciting is this, especially considering how huge the film industry is now in Oklahoma? I mean, it's, it's super crazy. exciting to be working here. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. Um, how did it start? Um, so through OCO TV. So, you know, I was hired to do one thing, produce and host a docu-series. <laughs> just one and, thing, they said. <laughs> yeah, just one thing. That's what they said. That's how they got me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, it's a, you know, through that process, um, you know, we, we became a part of the local film scene. And Tulsa has always had a burgeoning film industry. Oklahoma has always had one. Um, but at the same time, we were working on, you know, the first few seasons of OCO Voices of the Cherokee People. Um, we saw what was happening with the streaming wars ramping up. We saw that the, you know, the movement Oscars So White, I don't remember if you remember that hashtag, but there's a lot of movement to diversify Hollywood and outcry for that. And so we really saw what was happening. We saw the success of OCO TV. We saw, you know, the need for a centralized hub for requests that come into the Cherokee Nation. You know, we're the largest tribe in the country. We get a lot of requests. I have a screenplay that has a Cherokee character. I need help with this or that. And so there were a lot of reasons to start the Cherokee Nation film office. Um, and so we started it three years ago and uh, we had no idea that there would be such a huge appetite for what we were doing. We had a five-year plan and we got through the entire five-year plan in two and a half years. And oh, my goodness. That included building a soundstage. You know, we thought maybe someday we can build a soundstage to make Cherokee content. And, well, we were able to accomplish that, and we use it every day uh, for our tribe. And we also, just like all of our programs, we use them for, you know, initiatives. We They're here to help Cherokees and other uh, tribal citizens to prosper and 
in the film and television industry to tell stories. We want more stories, more accurate representation of natives. And it's not just for Cherokees. It's for any tribal citizen, any native story. And beyond that, too, you know, it's to help the local economy, to help boost the uh, film industry in Oklahoma and specifically in Cherokee Nation. And the timing was right. Um, and everything is, you know, exciting and we keep growing and I don't know that we'll ever quit growing. I think, you know, we all have this huge appetite for television and film entertainment. And as long as that appetite is there and we have platforms, you know, we're going to be here making and helping people make content. So what is, um, what is in store for the Cherokee Film Office next? What big thing do you guys have going on that you can tell? We are um, the next, we have several films slated to come film in the Cherokee Nation here this spring. Um, uh, one that I can talk about that has been um, in the news is um, I Am a Man, which is going to be filmed partially in Nebraska and partially in the Cherokee Nation. Um, and so that tells the story of Chief Standing Bear, who is not Cherokee. But again, that's, you know, we're helping other natives tell their stories. And so this will be, you know, a native told story, uh, a historical drama about a real character and situation. So we're really excited about that. Mm -hmm. And then um, we also are um, in our soundstage. We're expanding the technology inside our soundstage um, in March. And so essentially we have a virtual production soundstage that um, is going to, the, the technology will increase and become um, uh more expansive and more immersive, which is really exciting because there's not another stage like ours in this part of the country. You have to go to Los Angeles or Atlanta to see something like what we have. So do you have opportunities for school kids? Like you were saying, Booker T has a great program for broadcasting and that sort of thing. Do you have an opportunity for high school kids to come in and intern or learn or any kind of summer programs, whether they're, you know, Cherokee or, or yeah. not? So we have all we have all kinds of ways for people to get involved. We do have a, an internship program. It is for college students, okay. Cherokee college students, and that is through Cherokee Nation Businesses. And we love interns. We take them in all of our different departments um, every summer. So I would encourage people to check our Cherokee Nation Businesses website for those internships. But we also have through um, our Cherokee Film Office. Uh, we have a lot of education initiatives where we partner with OSU Tulsa and offer um, scholarships to screenwriting classes that are, you know, like could be online, non-credit classes, and we can get you in there for free. Um, and then as far as school aged, um, we have uh, we're working on a really fun initiative to get into the school systems and and um, help kind of, you know, everyone from middle school to high school kind of get their foot in the door. But we also work with junior achievement, which is for eighth graders. And so we have some programming there. But um, I encourage everybody just to follow us on social media yeah. and subscribe to our newsletter at Cherokee.film because we will keep you informed of all the opportunities <laughs> Because uh, we want people to take advantage of them. Yes. Cherokee.films. Is that what you said? Cherokee.film. Okay. Cher okay. Film. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, well, Jennifer, we have reached the point in my podcast where um, I ask you if you have somebody you would like to nominate to talk to me for a another podcast. So do you have anyone in mind? Yeah. Um, I think maybe it would be... I think um, I would love to nominate Maggie Cunningham, who is the um, 
senior manager for OCO Voices of the Cherokee People production, but she also recently was, she is a Pawnee citizen, and she also recently was a, a freelance consultant on the new Amazon series called The English, which oh. um, has a Pawnee, uh, act, well, several Native actors and themes throughout the, throughout the series, and she played a big role in uh, consulting on that. Oh, wonderful. So Maggie Cunningham. Well, I am looking forward to having her on the podcast. And Jennifer Lauren, thank you so much, because I know that your schedule is crazy. Uh, I've been told that um, you've done interviews from the back of a truck. So <laughs> I, appreciate, right. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I miss seeing you again every day on KOTV. I know it's been years since you've done that. But again, you were such a bright spot. And it's uh, wonderful to see you on OCO and to hear about your involvement in everything with the Cherokee Nation. I'm just, I'm proud to be a part of the Cherokee Nation. I am proud that um, you're a huge representative of the nation. And um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for the interview. It was really nice meeting with you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of And the Nominee Is. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.